This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Army, but then Saul got jealous of David, was threatened by David, and tried to kill David. And David ended up having to flee for 13 years. But 600 men gathered around David. They became known as David's mighty men. And David and his men continued to defend Israel. And they made their home in a, in a town called Ziglag. And one day they came home to find that the, the Amalekites had attacked their village. And let's read here from 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. It says, Now when David and his men came home to Ziglag, on the third day they found the Amalekites had made a raid and had struck Ziglag and burned it with fire. And they'd taken the woman and all who were there, both great and small captive, and they, they killed no one, but they carried them off and they went on their way. So David and his men came to the town, and behold, it was burned, and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. And David and the men with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more strength to weep. And David's two wives had also been taken captive, Ohinaham and Abigail. And David was greatly distressed. For the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of them were all bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and his daughters. The Bible says David was greatly distressed. He was discouraged. The word distressed means to be overcome by pain or suffering, to be anxious, to be in danger, to be greatly troubled, to be miserable, in agony. In fact, the contemporary English version says David was desperate. And the Living Bible says David was seriously worried. Have you ever been greatly distressed? Have you ever been desperate? Have you ever felt discouraged before? Am I the only one here that's ever faced discouragement in your life? Because this is the place that David was at. One of the darkest times of his life. His own mighty men wanted to stone him. And what did David do? Verse 6 says, But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. You have to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord your God. It's Wonderful to come to celebration like this and be encouraged. But you, let me tell you, when you leave here, you got to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Because the moment David began to encourage himself, he placed himself on a trajectory to turn his entire situation around because God told him to pursue the enemy and they were going to recover everything that had been lost. And in verse number 18, it says that David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing. Small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David recovered it all. Now, here's the amazing part to me. David didn't realize it, but he was 72 hours away from, getting, from be, sitting on the throne of Israel. He didn't know it that King Saul and his three sons had been killed in battle. 
in one of the darkest times of his life, as David encourages himself, he's 72 hours away from his destiny. Let me tell you, you may be in a dark time in your life right now, but your greatest victory could be just around the corner from you. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord because discouragement comes to all of us. Discourage means, it means to deprive of courage or confidence, hope, or the will to proceed. You might have gotten discouraged, but the good news is you can get encouraged. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? First thing, pray. David wrote in Psalm 138, as soon as I pray, you answer me and you encourage me by giving me the strength that I need. David said in Psalm 18, verse 6, In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help, and He heard me from His sanctuary. My cry to Him reached His ears. In fact, the first thing David did when he heard the news, what had happened in Ziglag, is he prayed, he sought the Lord, and asked God if they should pursue the enemy. He prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said, go and pursue them. You're going to recover everything. 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. Then David prayed to God, shall I go after these raiders? Can I catch them? And the answer came, go after them. You'll catch them. Yes, you will make the rescue. David was a man of prayer. You know who else was a man of prayer? Or was Jesus. Jesus would pray late at night when everyone went to sleep. He'd get up early. And pray, sometimes he'd pray all through the night. Why did Jesus, and you can see that throughout the scriptures, why did Jesus spend so much time praying? Because that's where Jesus got encouraged. That's where he got strengthened. That's where he got direction. That's where he heard from the Father. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God. I'm so thankful to have been in a church like this where Apostle Theo taught me how to pray. I especially for me, my go-to when I face discouragement, is praying in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And the New Living Translation says, He is personally strengthened in the Lord. You know, praying in the Spirit strengthens you. It encourages you. It builds you up. Can you say amen? amen. In Jude 20, it says, you build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, some people, when they feel discouraged, they go to see a therapist. And that's okay. I'm not opposed to that. But when I feel discouraged, I go and pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe in praying in the Holy Spirit every day. But especially when I feel discouragement come, I get alone in my in my study, and I just start praying in the Spirit, and I feel that strength and that encouragement begin to rise up within me. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number two, the second way you encourage yourself in the Lord is by meditating on God's promises instead of meditating on the problem. In Romans 15 verse 4, it says, the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we 
patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. David said in Psalm 119, How I love your law, it is my meditation all the day. David's the one who wrote Psalm 1 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man who, who... who who meditates on the word of God night and day. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Let me tell you, as you read the word of God and meditate on his promises, instead of meditating or worrying about the problem, then you will encourage and build yourself up in your faith. In Romans 10, 17, we know it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this is what Jill and I do. We build ourselves up by hearing the Word of God. And you can do that by reading the Bible. You can do that by watching Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev watch their teachings on YouTube. This is what we do. We just get aside and just focus on the Word of God, and it gives you encouragement. It strengthens you. Amen? It's an important way to encourage yourself in the Lord. You can also watch my videos if you would like to. (laughs) Ascend Church Jupiter. On YouTube, we have hundreds of them. But this is what we do. Meditate on the Word of God and strengthen yourself. The third way that you encourage yourself is by speaking the Word of God. It's one thing to meditate on it, but then you've got to take that next step and begin to declare it and confess it. In Ephesians 4, 29, the Bible says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good And helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Well, shouldn't your words be an encouragement to yourself as well? When you say what God says in His Word, when you declare about yourself what God says about you, when you say what God's Word says, then you'll get what God's Word promises. 2 Corinthians 4.13 tells us, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. The Living Bible says it like this. It says we boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe, therefore I speak. Do you know who the psalm writer who wrote, I believe, therefore I speak, was? It was David. In Psalm 116, verse 10, he said, I believed, and therefore I spoke. Why? Because this is one way that David encouraged himself. He spoke out God's word. He spoke out God's promises. In fact, I love the way the Passion Bible translates Psalm 116. It says this. Now, David said this. By inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said, even when it seems that I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and though I'm hurting in my suffering and my trauma, I still stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. Listen, you got to speak words of faith. No matter what's going on around you, no matter how you're feeling, keep on speaking words of faith. Because it's easy to speak positively when everything's going great. But let me tell you, it's more important to speak words of faith when you're facing tough times. You've got to speak faith no matter what. 
And with all due respect, some of you are not speaking enough victory over your life. If you wonder why you're not getting the good breaks that you, know, that you would like or why your situation's not turning around, are you speaking victory every day? Do you get up every morning and say, man, I am blessed. I'm walking in divine health. The Lord is protecting me. The favor of God is opening doors for my life. The Lord will work out His plan for my life. My God supplies all of my needs. The Lord is directing my step. He is my shepherd. I will not lack for anything. Man, you've got to do this every day. You may say, well, you know, you just don't understand what I'm facing. I've got this problem. I've got this challenge. I've got this sickness. Listen, I'm not saying to deny the facts. I'm just saying get in agreement and say what God says. Because God says in Joel 3 verse 10, let the weak say, I'm strong. He didn't say let the weak talk about their weaknesses. Don't speak the discouraging thoughts. Jesus said you're going to have what you say. He said speak to the mountain. Don't speak about the mountain. We're not supposed to talk about the way it is. We're supposed to speak the desired result. We're supposed to call the things that are not as though they are. We've got to get in agreement with God. God says in Romans 8 verse 37, in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all for God has made us more than conquerors. Say, God has made me more than a conqueror. If God says that I'm more than a conqueror, then I'm going to agree with Him, and I'm going to say it no matter how I feel, no matter how it looks. Amen? I am more than a conqueror. God says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. You've got to declare that. I am blessed. My God is supplying all my needs. I have more than enough. I'm a tither. The windows of heaven are open above me. God's pouring blessings out upon me. Can you say amen, somebody? Amen. Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Do you know that your words produce fruit in your life? In fact, the contemporary English version says words can bring death or life and you will eat everything you say. Have you ever heard that saying, you're going to eat your words? Do you know that's literally true? You will eat what you say. Your words have consequence. Your words produce results in your life. And it is our choice on, to choose the words that we speak. You can speak words of blessing and words of life, or you can speak words of cursing and words of death. We can either speak words of victory or words of defeat. I encourage you to speak words of victory. I encourage you to speak words of life. Some people are speaking death and defeat over their life. Oh, the economy's so bad. Inflation's so high. Petrol is so expensive. I just can't afford to live anymore. I understand that you may be facing some challenges. But listen, you want to speak life and blessing over yourself. Don't curse yourself with your words. If you want that situation to turn around, don't call in defeat, call in victory. God, the words that you say. In fact, sometimes it's better to say nothing if you can't speak faith. There's been some times where I just don't say anything. <laughs> Proverbs 6 verse 2 says, you are trapped 
by the words of your own mouth. And Proverbs 12, 6 says, the words of the upright will deliver them. Your words can either trap you or deliver you. You choose. But you've got to send your words out in the direction you want your life to go. Amen. Instead of complaining, oh, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lousy day. I can just tell. I just, just can't seem to get ahead. I don't know why. Nothing good ever happens for me, Pastor Steve. Dare to make, make a declaration of faith. This is going to be a great day. I have God's favor surrounding me. He's directing my steps. Whatever I touch, it's going to prosper and succeed. See, your words can either encourage you or your words can discourage you. And sometimes you've got to give yourself a pep talk. You've got to look yourself in the mirror and say, man, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are more than a conqueror. Man. That's what David did. David, Psalm 42, 11, David said this, So I say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I know my God will break through for me. I have to tell my soul that sometimes. Listen, don't get discouraged, Steve. I know my God is going to break through for me. Make daily confessions. I had some confessions I got from Apostle Theo, and I, I declare these things every day, and as I say it, I feel my faith rising up on the inside of me. I feel a confidence rise up on the inside of me. The fourth way that you encourage yourself is by giving praise to God. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You see, praise removes heaviness. You cannot stay discouraged and praise and worship God at the same time. It doesn't, it doesn't go together. Praise puts your focus on God instead of on the problem. And from what we know of David, I can imagine how he encouraged himself. Man, he took his harp, he got to a solitary pray, a place, and he just started praising and worshiping the Lord. He may not have felt like singing, but he said in Psalm 71, verse 14, no matter what, I'll trust in you to help me. Nothing will stop me from praising you. I say that every day. No matter what, Lord, nothing's going to stop me from praising you. I couldn't begin to count the times you've been there for me. I'll never run out of things to say of how you faithfully kept me from danger. I will come forth in your mighty strength, O Lord my God. As, I'm, as he's praising God, I know I'm going to come forth in your mighty strength. He's encouraging himself. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord some of the time. I'll bless the Lord most of the time. I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The Living Bible says, I'll praise the Lord no matter what happens. I'm going to praise the Lord no matter what happens. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, in the good times, in the bad times. Even on the worst, darkest day of my life, I'm going to give God praise because He is worthy, because He is good, because He is faithful. David sang praises to God from the ashes of Ziglag. Psalm 34 verse 2 says, My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. The Passion Bible says it like this. I'm boasting of you and your, and your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. 
Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. David said, magnify the Lord with me. See, magnify, the word magnify means to enlarge. It means to make bigger in perspective. When you take a magnifying glass and you magnify a little object, you don't make the object any bigger. You change your perception of that object. You see, your praise doesn't make any God any bigger than He is, but it magnifies your perception. You can, you can magnify or diminish your perspective of God, and your perspective has everything to do with whether you're discouraged or whether you're encouraged. I refuse to magnify the devil. I refuse to magnify my problems. Don't analyze your trouble with a magnifying glass. It'll just lead to more discouragement. Instead, magnify the Lord. Speak about how great God is. Speak about His power. Speak about His faithfulness. Speak about His might. Talk about how big your God is, not how big the problem is. Because when you make God bigger, you make your trouble smaller. See, David changed his focus through worship. As he magnified God, instead of magnifying his trouble, he put himself on a path to turn his whole situation around. If you want to encourage and strengthen yourself, man, you've got to magnify the Lord. Give God praise. Because praise is a mighty weapon you have. In Psalm 149, it says in the Passion Translation, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Do you know that praise is a weapon God has given you to stop the enemy in his tracks? Paul and Silas did the same thing a thousand years later from a prison dungeon when their feet were clamped in stocks. They had been arrested. They had been beaten for casting a demon out of a young girl. How did they respond? At midnight in the dark hour, instead of complaining, instead of moaning, they started singing praise to God and the whole prison was listening to them and God supernaturally delivered them. Paul and Silas were simply following the tradition that David had set by magnifying the Lord, encouraging himself. If you want to be encouraged in the Lord, listen, you've got to worship him. Put on worship songs. Put it on in your car. Put it on in your home. And just that it'll change the atmosphere around you. God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22 you are holy, you inhabit the praises of Israel. That means that praise brings you into God's presence. And in His presence, there is fullness of joy. The fifth way that you magnify, you encourage yourself, is by remembering what God has done for you in the past. David said in Psalm 77, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Listen, when you're in a tough time, and believe me, I've been there many times. You don't see a way out. I've been there many times. 
Instead of being discouraged, instead of being negative, I remember what the Lord did for me in the past. And if he did it before, he will do it again. Amen. I remember how God protected me and how he promoted me and how he provided for me and how he healed me. As you remember what God has done, faith will rise in your heart and you'll think, man, I'm coming out of this. God did it before. He's going to do it for me again in the name of Jesus. Amen. He made a way in the past. He's going to make a way this time. And when you come through that challenge, the victory will be the fuel that you use to get you through the next challenge. Numbers 21 verse 4. The people became very discouraged on the way. The Amplified Bible says they became impatient, depressed, much discouraged because of the trials of the way. When the Israelites became discouraged because of the difficulties that they faced, God said to them in Deuteronomy 7 verse 17, perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? But don't be afraid of them. Just remember. Tell your neighbor, just remember. Just remember what the Lord did to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. You saw it with your own eyes. Remember the miraculous signs and wonders, the amazing power he used when he brought you out of Egypt. The Lord your God will use the same power against the people that you fear. Let me tell you, when it seems impossible and you don't see a way out to stay encouraged, to keep your hopes up, remember what a God has done for you in the past. Two years ago, we sold our home. We'd lived there for 20 years. The kids had all moved out. We had a six-bedroom home. We had bedrooms I never even stepped inside, and we'd wanted to sell it, but the, um, the, the housing market in Florida two years ago was just on fire. It was just the prices, because people were moving from California, New York, all moving to Florida. And, and, and we thought, if we're going to sell, this is the time. So we, we put our house on the market, and we got an offer pretty quickly, a cash offer, and um, and one day before the inspection period was up, the, the, uh, what happened is we sold our home, and then we bought this condo on the water. Always wanted to live on the water, my dream. And we found this great deal, put a full price offer, they accepted it, and uh, then the buyer on our home canceled the deal. And so I was really concerned we were going to lose the condo, because the people were buying things cash in 24 hours. So they gave us another month which was amazing, to sell our home. We got an offer in three weeks. The person buying our home said that they would only be able to move in three months. I thought, well, the, the condo's not gonna wait three months, but they agreed to. You see, I remembered what God did for me. When the Lord sent us out of this church, to start a church in 1991, we put our house up for sale on, on the market, and uh, we signed with a realtor who was in our area, one of our connect leaders. We signed an exclusive deal for him to market it, and he didn't bring one person to see the house in three months. And we were getting ready to leave. We've got 10 days to go. We're going to Cape Town. We've got everything booked. And, the, and my, Jill's dad would tell me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if the house doesn't sell? What are you going to do? And we just kept trusting God and praising God. On the day of our farewell party, 10 days before we leave, the realtor brought a man to come see the house. He said, I want to buy it cash. The only thing is I need it in 10 days. I remembered what God did for us before. And it encouraged me to believe God that He can do it again. Can you say amen? amen. Tell your neighbor, be encouraged. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? 
pray, meditate on His promises, speak the Word of God, give Him praise, remember what He did in the past, and, and let me tell you, God will do it again for you. Can you say amen? Father, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, today. I don't know what every person here is facing, but I thank you today, Lord, that you're the God of encouragement. And I thank you that you encourage each one as they walk out of here. They know that you are with them. They know that you are faithful. They know that you're the God of the breakthrough. They know that you are fighting their battles. I thank you, Father, for faith that rises in every heart right now, that, Lord, you're going to turn this around for them in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Dot com.